I have given you the land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, uh, and, which you, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. I want to tell you something. You're eating what you didn't plant. You're living in those things that you did not, cities that you didn't build. This is the Lord speaking. Therefore, now fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river uh, in Egypt. Serve the Lord. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Make a choice. Declare a value. Establish purpose. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord and serve other gods. All right. Now, I want us to focus on uh, verse, uh, verse 14 today. If, if you have, the question is this, if you have chosen to serve the Lord. Not if, not, listen, this isn't if you have chosen to get your sins forgiven. If you have chosen to serve the Lord. I'm going to let that just hang right there for a minute. Because there's a great difference in needing, some, needing forgiveness from God and approaching God and saying, I'm bringing all that I am to bear in this moment to serve you and to serve you alone. So if you have chosen to serve the Lord, and I know for everyone in this room, we're all at a different place in our, in our walk with God and in our relationship with Him. And, and, and we're all navigating this great journey that we are on. And we're so thankful for where God is meeting us and what He's doing in us. But all of us must revisit this decision. Uh, have you decided to serve the Lord? I've had many times in my life where God has, has uh, gotten my attention, when I've been distracted, and when my, uh, although in my mind I'm saying I value Him above all other uh, things in my life and all of these wonderful blessings that He's given me, he's, he's the blessing giver. I value Him above the blessing. But then the things He's blessed me with are all getting my attention. And the Lord's like, wait a minute, I thought, I thought, you were, I thought your attention was going to be on me. I thought you committed to serve me. And so it is throughout our lives that, the, that there will be seasons of time in our life that the Holy Spirit will have this conversation with you and remind you that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Somebody said the other day, uh, just about it's the difference between serving, serving God, uh, doing the stuff of God, uh, doing the business of the kingdom, doing the, the service of the kingdom, or, or serving Him. And then letting everything else flow out from that. We'll talk about that in a minute. So Joshua 24, 14 says, Now therefore, if you've chosen to serve the Lord, this is what you need to do. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity. Serve Him in truth. Put away all other gods. Serve the Lord. I love the way that it begins serve him in sincerity, and then it reminds us, serve the Lord. When it's all said and done, 
serve the Lord. Let's talk about what that looks like. First of all, the first thing he says now there, fear the Lord. And, and every time uh, there's a discussion in our culture on this particular passage of Scripture or this particular statement from Scripture that we ought to fear the Lord, there's a, great, a grave misunderstanding on the part of many people because they, they, they understand the grace of God and they understand the gift of God for salvation. And they, who, who is God that we should fear Him? Why, why should we fear the Lord? Well, I'm going to tell you as a parent, it's, it's a really good thing for your children to have a little healthy fear of you. Okay, that's the context in which we approach. It is, the, it is a father. And parents, if you are raising young children and they don't have a healthy fear of outcomes that, they, that are unappealing to them, if they are not following in the order of the house and in the order of, of your life, and if they are stepping outside uh, those lines of security that you have drawn for them, if, if they are pressing against those lines, if you have not created a healthy fear in them when they are two and three and four years old, that fear will not exist when they are 16, 17, 18 years old. And when they are moving into adulthood, you will have a great push against the lines if you have not established that fear Not fear that you're going to be abusive. My children understand from a very young age, I can make your life unhappy or happy. I can make your life joyful or mundane. Right? Okay, that's what God is saying to us. I can bless your life or you can go your own way and not... Walk in a place of blessing. The blessing's always there and always available to you, but fear the Lord. Consider that there's a way to walk with God so that you are constantly under the umbrella or the domain of his blessing. We talked about being blessed of the Lord just prior to this uh, series, so I'm not going to belabor that. But you can live under the blessing and the favor of the Lord or you can, as his child, live outside his favor. He desires to favor you. And I've shared this story before, and I'm going to share it again. But uh, I remember the time in my life when I was uh, in a place of struggle, and I was looking around, and I was thinking, God, you're blessing these folks over here, and you're blessing these folks over here. And it seems like every prayer this guy prays gets answered, and everything this guy over here touches just turns to, to a place of flourishing. Even when he makes a, a, a mistake, somehow you bless it. What's going on that I'm not seeing that in my life? And, and this is what the Lord said. Now, this is just what he said to me. I don't have scripture for this, so I'm not preaching a new message or starting to do doctrine but the Lord said Anthony I love you with all my heart but there's just times I don't like you very much you know why the scripture says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and the Lord was what the Holy Spirit was saying to me is I'd like to bring you to a place of stability where you're not in one day and out the next up one day and down the next uh, uh, serving me one day and going your own way the next the Lord says I'd like to bring a, a walk of stability to your life so that you can constantly live under my favor Now, that's just me. You can, you can take that and do with it what you'd like to do with it. But there is scripture for how God deals with us in favor. So the Bible says in Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Sometimes I like to tell my kids, the fear of me is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> you ought to tell your children. 
Because when they learn to walk uprightly before you, they will learn easily to walk uprightly before God. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be some days that are difficult in that process. Speaking of children, we uh, finalized adoption on uh, Jude and Elaine this week. Isn't that wonderful? Laura and I were driving down the road, and we were looking at the back of a van that had this little stick family on it. We were laughing about what that would look like on the back of her van. Yeah, we need a bigger, we have to get a bigger van and get a bigger window. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want wisdom, you want wisdom from God? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is a healthy understanding of the right relationship that you have with Father God as His child, coming under submission to Him and serving Him with all of your heart. I know when I say serving Him, that means y'all are processing that word. Some of you are very differently than others. The idea of serving, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Serve him in sincerity. This is the next thing that that passage says. Serve him in sincerity. Thoughtfully, listen, when you serve the Lord in sincerity, you serve him thoughtfully and intentionally. You make a decision to serve the Lord. The Apostle Paul said uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 26, he said, don't you know that those who run a race All run, but one receives the prize. So he says, run in a way to obtain. Now he's not suggesting that only one person is going to get the prize with God. He's suggesting that you take the mindset of an individual who's running to win. Run to obtain. Everyone who competes to win is temperate, self-controlled. You know, the the fruit of the Spirit, one of of the... uh, In the fruit of the Spirit, one of those uh, attributes is self-control, temperate. You are temperate in all things, meaning when when the Holy Spirit lays value in front of you and says, this is what I want to achieve, and this is the goal I want to arrive at in your life, you discipline yourself to that. Listen, there was a great many years in in my walk with the Lord where the majority of my time with Him was like 3 a.m., and there were days when, I, when, the, when the whole, I didn't set the alarm. The Holy Spirit would wake me up and I knew it was Him. There's a few times I rolled over and went back to sleep and regretted it. And then I had to have a conversation with Him and repent and say, if you wait, I did. I had a whole prayer time with the Lord and I said, if you wake me up, I will get up. But there were nights when I, heard, when I knew the Lord was waking me up and I was like, really? Are you, are you tonight, are you kidding me? Seriously? Either it's been a rough day or I have a busy day ahead of me. But when I committed to the discipline of letting my feet hit the floor, getting my Bible and my notebook and getting to my prayer chair and sitting with the Lord or standing before Him or kneeling before Him at 3 a.m. in the morning, sometimes those those would be 3 to 4 or 3 to 5 o'clock, I would go back to bed and I would sleep for another hour and wake up just as refreshed as if I'd slept through the night. And the times that I struggled with that, I would be restless the rest of the night if I didn't just get up and honor the Lord. So he said, those who run to win are temperate. They are self-controlled. They make a decision to do the business, whatever that looks like, in preparing and in running the race. 
They do it to win a perishable crown, but we're doing this to win an imperishable crown. So I run not with uncertainty, and I fight not as one who beats the air. I love this passage. In one of the uh, texts, it says, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not punching at nothing. Folks, I'll help you with something. You're not punching at nothing. So I fight not as one who beats the air. I discipline and bring my body into submission. That means I'm spirit-led. I'm, I'm telling my body, you're going to do what God is leading me to do. You're just going to have to get on board with it. And this is what he said. I bring my body into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He's not talking about disqualified for eternity. He's talking about disqualified to, for reward. Disqualified for the blessing of God, both here and, and in eternity. Do you understand you're laying up treasure? So Jesus said to his apostles when he was leading them in uh, John 14 and 15, if you love me, you'll obey me. Parents, there's another one. You ought to be telling your children, if you love me, you'll honor what I tell you. You'll obey me. That's, that's the way that we show love to those who are in authority over us. I'll just let that hang on the air. Man, those youth should have stayed in here, huh? <laughs> then the next thing he says is, serve him in truth. John 8 and 32, Jesus made a, a, an amazing declaration. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I want to help you with something. I've, li I've served the Lord all these years. We've laid hands on so many people for freedom and, and for deliverance from their captivity and from the things that they were going through and, and, and cast out devils and done all kinds of uh, amazing things by the laying on of hands. But Jesus said, you're not going to be maintain your freedom by the laying on of hands. You're going to maintain your freedom by knowing the truth. Wow, I don't know what that was. There's some power. Did you hear that? You're going to know the truth and the truth will make you free. What happens is we come up for prayer and we get hands laid on us and we tell the enemy that he has to back off and leave us alone and he backs off and leaves us alone for a season and that season is it. Oh, I love that. That season is the time in which you are to take the truth and apply it to your life so that you can maintain and secure the freedom that you have. In the old days when they would have war and, and the enemy would come against the fort, they would find Find out their spots that are their weakest, and they would go in there after all of the skirmish was over. The scrimmage was over. They'd go and they would strengthen their weak areas. That's what you do with the Word of God. When we deal with security around Church of Living Water, there's been just a few times that, that we've been broken into and things have happened. And, and every time, that, that the last time when, when they broke a couple of windows out and those kinds of things, it just helped us reassess and, and identify what are your weaknesses and how, what uh, action do you take. And next thing you know, security's on the phone with our, uh, with, with our security uh, system and talking to them about how we shore up and where we strengthen those weak areas. That's just a practical application to you. As God works in your life, 
use the word to strengthen your weak areas, to strengthen yourself in the areas where you have stumbled in the past. I decided at some point, some time ago, that the Lord was going to strengthen me in the area of discernment and in the area of, of ministry of healing. Those are two areas of my life where I felt like, okay, I need more of that. So I've begun to strengthen my mind and strengthen my spirit with the word of God as it relates to discernment and the laying on of hands for healing. I trip myself. So you, you identify those things as the Lord deals with you and in serving him you go before him and you sit with his word and you build yourself up in those areas. Listen, when the, when there, there's some things in my life that when the Lord uh, uh, revealed the truth to me in those areas from the word of God, the enemy has no more hold on me. He cannot get in there. There is never a time when I don't realize that I'm seated above in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. I have received a revelation that we are seated with him in heavenly places and there is nothing that is going to change my mind about that. I'm seated with him. I have better perspective I have better perspective on what's going on this earth than the enemy does because I'm seated with him. I see what he sees. So get a revelation from the Lord in the area that you are struggling. Go into the word and read it and pray over it and assimilate it. Get it out of here and into here until it becomes a part of who you are and suddenly you will be like Jesus said in uh, uh, the enemy. You, you need to be able to say to the enemy, I've whipped you in this area. You have no place in me. I've won this battle. Now, that's not a prideful place. That's actually a place of humility. I've won because he's won. He's my champion. So then, uh, so you serve him in truth. Uh, John uh, 8, 32, uh, the truth will make you free. And you, you embrace the truth. Listen to this. You embrace the truth, and then you apply the truth. If we embrace the truth and we don't apply the truth, we're deceiving ourselves. And then he says to him, put away other gods. And for us, uh, we're, not, we're, not the, uh, uh, we're not the graven image culture. And so sometimes this is an abstract concept for us. When the Bible says to put away other gods, uh, in other words, what he's saying to you believers is do an assessment of your life and anything that's ahead of me, get me ahead of it. You have no other gods before me. Now listen, I'm going to say this again. This is just practical. It is, it is a difficult process that we live in because most of y'all work 40 hours a week. Some of y'all are working more hours than that. And then you come home and you've got laundry and you've got kids and you've got life. And your relationship with Jesus is competing with all of those things. If you will realize that all of those things are blessings from him, every good and every perfect gift came down from the Father, all of those, those wonderful things in your life that become, how many understand blessing becomes, can become cumbersome? How many understand blessing can become cumbersome to you? So when blessing becomes cumbersome to you, just have a little repentance prayer, have an assessment of how to get yourself before the Lord. And I'm going to suggest to you a couple of, right here, a couple of tools to do that. Number one, stop feeling like you've got to read the Bible through this month. 
Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about a passage that he wants to lead you through and spend this month on it. Spend this week on the same passage, not on... There's an old adage, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That kind of thing. Slow down. Have conversations with Jesus about what he wants to lead you through in the word, and then just go there and dwell there. We want to run through the word. Stop that. Dwell there. So control the distractions that exist in your life because Matthew 6.21 says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And this is how you find out where, where something is ahead of your relationship with God. When, when you are treasuring the blessing more than the giver of the blessing, you can make that assessment. It's quite easy to make. When you have to exhaust yourself maintaining the blessing that God gave you, this is what I always say about tithes and offerings and, and, and uh, the, the blessings that God has given into in, your life. They're absorbing your energy and they're absorbing your time and they're absorbing your attention. If, if those things are out of balance, you're telling God at what level of blessing you can live. So you're really saying by your action, back off this blessing a little bit. It's just a little too much for me. When I was praying to the Lord about tithes and offerings, he said, people are telling me at what level they want to live. People are communicating with me by their action at what level we want to live. God wants to bless your socks off. It is, it is the Father's good pleasure to give good gifts to his kids. You want an example of that? Watch me at Christmas time, baby. It is a pleasure that the father would give good gifts to his kids. So here's where the rubber meets the road. Ministering to the Lord. Serve the Lord. He ended this, this statement, this verse 14, by saying, serve the Lord. Serve him in sincerity. Now he goes, remind, remember, remember, above all things, serve the Lord. So we often think of service to the Lord and we equate it to what he calls us to do. Uh, but first, he calls us, before he calls us to do, he calls us to be. Before he calls you to do anything, he just calls you to his presence. The first thing you're supposed to do as a believer before you stand up for anything is sit down in his presence. Throughout Scripture, there are stories and, and there are uh, indicators of people who served the Lord, who ministered the, the, the Scripture. I think King James probably uses this terminology the best. Who ministered to the Lord. Day and night in the temple, they ministered to the Lord. They weren't out feeding the poor. And that's wonderful, we should do that. They weren't, they weren't out... Uh, evangelizing, they weren't out doing any of the stuff we think of as ministry. They were ministering first to the Lord. So, minister to the Lord. Lift up the Lord. Listen, Isaiah 40, 31, I think all of you need this to happen in your life and some level or another, I certainly do. They that wait upon the Lord... 
shall renew their strength. They that sit and just minister to the Lord. How long has it been since your living room became a sanctuary of worship? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You need to remind the Lord that he's worthy to hear you speak his name. He's worthy to hear you give him praise. He desires that from you. He desires to get your attention. It's not because he needs to hear anything from you. It gets your attention on him so he can speak into your life. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles above the fray. They will run and not grow weary. The scripture says that the youth faint. They run and they, and they grow weary, but you will not. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. So listen to what the Holy Spirit said to me. And I, was, I, I had been kind of meditating on the Lord and he spoke to me and I said, oh, I got to write something down. And I ran out of my computer and wrote this down just so that I could articulate it to you correctly just in case senioritis set in and I couldn't remember later. <laughs> the Lord said, Anthony, I can develop gifts to a place of maturity in the life of every believer with, without ever speaking very much to them about it. Just by practice and by action. I, they can practice their gift and I can develop it without ever speaking to them very much about it. But character is only developed through conversation. God can only develop his character in you, your understanding of his love for you, and his at, the attributes of who he is in you through conversations with you. You must minister to the Lord. You must find that in your life. Then, ministering to others will come from the outflow of that naturally. And Ecclesiastes 19, we're like, oh, Lord, what is your will? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Ecclesiastes 9.10 just says, whatever you find to do, do it with all your might. Believers struggle with what God's will for their life is so much more than they need to. Just be in his presence and you'll figure that out. The person who comes and goes, Pastor, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what he's calling me to do. You're not spending any time with them. You're not sitting with them. You're wanting to shortcut the process and there's no shortcut you got to go through the throne room. And then Colossians 3, 23 and 24 just says, uh, do everything that you do as unto the Lord, not unto men. When Laura and I were traveling on vacation one time, and we went to a uh, house that was uh, a place that these believers had lived, and they had been craftsmen, and they had done, uh, they were shakers, known in those days. And the shakers in those days, they created brooms and chairs and furnishings that are still in existence today from from uh, 200 years ago or 150 years ago when they were doing. And the reason that those things still exist today is they believed that even though they were doing what they were doing vocationally, that they were doing it as a ministry unto the Lord, that everything they touched was as unto the Lord. So they did it with excellence. If you believe, listen, when you serve at Church of Living Water, uh, you, you need to receive affirmation and your leaders need to tell you they appreciate you. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, you ought to remember when you're showing up early and, and you're leaving late and you're showing up on time and you're doing what you're assigned to do, that it's, as unto, it's a ministry to the Lord. When you're ministering to the poor in the streets, it's a ministry to the Lord. 
when you're ministering to someone at work, it's ministry to the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. Do it with excellence. Let's stand together this morning.